What is up, party people? This is Jess from Geek.Collecting, and welcome to the Geeked Out Collecting Podcast. And for this episode, I really, really love it. I brought back on Charlie, aka Dulce Pokemon. Um, I had him on about two episodes ago, and that was actually a pretty decent long time ago and it was really great to reconnect with him because there's been so many things that have changed within the markets within the world i really wanted the opportunity to talk with him because he has probably single-handedly taught me the most about hobby investing and i couldn't appreciate him more because i love his perspective i love his take so i just had to have him back on because i mean pretty much with this conversation everything came back full circle we talk about it in the episode of course we get into more detail but he holds me accountable last year i had some certain thoughts on some watsy pokemon and he had uh some different thoughts on watsy pokemon and thank god i ended up listening to him because he was absolutely right and 2020 is exactly the manifestation of that so i don't know why it took me so long in the episode to admit what that i was wrong i was listening to the playback and i was just like gosh just say it just say it it's okay just say it but anyways i'm gonna go ahead and leave this intro pretty short but um i think you guys are gonna really really enjoy it i really really hope that you can learn a little bit more or able to take you know something away from this episode because i think it could really really help you as a collector and then if you're also a hobby investor then as an investor so anyways thank you so much for being here and i hope you enjoy it peace out So first off, it's been a while. I can't remember when we did this last. And a fuck ton of a lot of things have happened. Absolutely. Um, Even just hearing about the breaks last night for those uh, first edition Shadowless cards. How do you pull a Squirtle, Yellow Cheeks, and a Charizard? I I don't even know how. But um, tell me... Like, before we get into that, I guess, tell me what you've been doing collecting-wise since we talked last. Okay, so on my end, I just, if you, I just been collecting, keep doing the same thing. I've been, I have been flipping some things, but basically flipping to completely invest all the funds back into the hobby. Because I'm, I'm definitely trying to buy as much as possible and uh, try to, literally, I'm trying to hoard up on anything that's wants yeah, I mean, you've been saying that from the beginning, Watsy, Watsy from the beginning, and now we're really seeing that to to really kind of manifest. And it makes me a little sad. I know that I think it was in December you had posted some listings for those Watsy graded packs. Oh my Did you God. ever sell those? I saw. I had about forty, and I sold them. I did. You, you can't. I mean. The amount of law. Well, I mean, it, it's okay because I've gotten, I gotten, you know, a shitload of inventory. So it's basically the way I see it is diversifying a profile. So I, I just want to not only have sealed product, but I also want to have PSA slabs because of the presentation. I don't know if you understand my point of view in that aspect because I just like, I enjoy just looking at the cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, I mean, I feel the same way about the first editions, especially um, because it, over the past few weeks, I've actually been thinking about liquidating. Like like how I told you on, on IG, all of my Watsy first edition shadowless PSA 10s have gone up 
like 5x. And it's great because like I'll definitely make money. But, you know, on the other hand of it, it's hard to get rid of the cards just for the nostalgia. They look great. They look awesome, you know, and then and then kind of having that ability to say, like, I have these original Watsies. It's it's insane. So I, I can definitely understand. Have you uh, put some displays up of your cards? Well, what I do is I literally some of them are in the bowl. Some of the more expensive things. I got some things laying around here. Let me see. If, uh, I don't know. My wife put something up, which is weird, but uh <laughs> Let me go. I like in, in my back. I don't know if you're seeing. I have all the booster boxes and and booster packs. But let me go ahead and show you some of the. This is my miniature box. This is something I just go ahead and uh, see what it's coming out like. With I don't know the screen, but let me see if I can show you. I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. Like for example, today I got this bad boy in. Oh, is that is that yellow? Is that yellow cheeks? This is the yellow cheeks. Nice. But it's not any yellow cheeks. Is it the misprint? It's hard to see because it's, it's tiny. Let me see if how I could do this. When it comes out, it's not coming out. It <laughs> no. Wanna, it doesn't want to show you. Oh. Right, here we go. Let me see if I put something on. Anyway, it's the first. It's the first first edition. It's the no rarity uh-huh. symbol. The no rarity symbol. Nineteen ninety six Pikachu. Ah. Okay. Okay. Which is a significant percentage of what a yellow cheeks. You know, yellow cheeks are like four hundred in the world. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. like sub twenty. I mean, that's not a bad catch. That's not a bad get. I hope you got it for a good deal. No, you're not going to get anything for a good deal nowadays. That's the issue. no, no, definitely and not. It's, and it's okay. I mean, like right now with your stuff, I remember last time we spoke, you were actually contemplating whether to dip into some of these PSA tens because even you at that point thought they were a little bit expensive, and we actually spoke about. You were concerned. You were actually thinking about getting into hidden fates and investing in booster packs, booster boxes, and stuff like that. I, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I told you to deviate from that just mm-hmm. because modern is so overly saturated, and it will never retain. In my estimation, it will never re- retain the you know just the premier status that of first edition. Which, thank goodness, you did, and you and you kept doing it. So if you look, I mean, some first editions didn't go off 5x some some of them went like a hundred i mean it was it, the percentages were, was crazy 10 percent, 11 percent. i mean even the some of the shadowless the shadowless psa 10s were like 50 bucks and now they're like 775 dollars so do you like i'm curious from your perspective i mean you did tell me watsy you did tell me watsy and when and when you told me watsy and not do any modern i i really did stop modern because the 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 pack openings weren't that good i mean obviously they're the they're the uh the secret rares and the shinies that are really great to have that are going to be more minimally printed but even still even still it's it's like it's very unreliable i think with the um with the sealed hidden fates that i have i'm since i have them like i have them you know it is what it is. Like, I, I, I've got them. So what I'm hoping on for myself, for those Hidden Fates, is because that was such a beloved release of cards. I'm hoping that 10, 15, 20 years from now, because the brand is still super strong right now with the young children, you know, under 10, absolutely. Yeah, under absolutely. 15. So I'm like, I'm hoping that they remember opening packs with their parents when they were kids and they want to have that nostalgia of like opening packs again. So even though supply is is high i'm hoping that for that nostalgia 
demand will be just a little bit higher. I mean, who knows? Who knows what will actually happen? Because I agree with you. I don't know if they'll retain their value. Just kind of like uh, modern comic books. That market is super volatile compared to, you know, the Silver Age, uh, those older, those older uh, comic books from the 80s and the 70s. But um, I, I definitely, I definitely, so when we had that talk, I just started every single month buying like a Watsy here, a Watsy there. Um, I really regret selling. I don't know if I told you this or not, but I had gotten a, um, it wasn't a Shadowless. It wasn't a first edition. It was just a normal like base set booster pack. I got it for 60 bucks. I was able to sell it. <laughs> I know. I know. This was so long ago. So long ago. Um, I got it for 60 bucks. I sold it for 120 and I thought like, okay, that's cool. Whatever. I did it, but I kicked myself in the ass. Like just. <sighs> well, and this is the thing. Like, like, let me, just because I say, so, I want to back it up with some, some substance. Like this is what happens with, for example, hidden hidden fades, the champion's path, and stuff like that. The hobby is already coming to, or, or reaching a certain maturity. So this is what happens. Already, the parents know that it's worth money, so they start protecting the cards. They start actually, you know, uh, actually making sure it's like a, they treat it as a collectible mm-hmm. before it becomes a collectible. Because Watsi is a collectible, as as far as a vintage collectible. And then you got the modern, which is something that people collect. And they're collectibles, but they're not high demand. So what makes it a, a strong candidate for, for economic purposes, for economic rate rise and stuff like that, is that the things that tend to be scarce in the future are things that no one actually collects. So, for example, if you look at a Babe Ruth gold card, one of those gold cards, I don't know if I showed you, the gold, the gold card that he had actually was really collected and it was collected and it was taken care of so, so properly that it never really got any traction. But the silver, which is this like a second prize, everybody just threw those away because it's silver. Who the hell cares about silver? And then those are the ones who actually got more traction. So I, that's the whole point behind it. And, and then besides that, the fact that modern is like right now, they're printing again, so they're just going to print, print, print until they maximize on the profits. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's a really good point that you bring up. You know, things that weren't collected at the time when they first existed or came out. Like those hidden gems, I guess. Uh, that that that's such That's such a really good point. So I'm hoping maybe at some time in the future I can... Uh, flip those boxes those hidden fates i mean at this point like the money's already been spent it's whatever maybe i'll for shits and giggles open one up get the charizard sell it i think last year it was going for two hundred dollars i don't know how much it is now but i'm sure it's huge but you know talking about those and and i couldn't really watch that video that logan paul video where he's opening those cards i couldn't watch it because every time I see someone open up a box that rare. I mean, literally, there's one less sealed box, right? And so you get to the point where, like, there's one and then there's none. And it just, I get it. He sold packs to people and he wanted to do it. And it was a YouTube thing, content, you know, that's cool. It just, it just hurts my heart. 
it just hurts my heart so much. And and and, and, and just a caveat to that, if I may, real quick. I, like for example, I still have packs. I don't have a, a, a plenty of them, but I have heavy packs, like heavy first edition Shadowless packs. And but once he opened that box, which I I cringed, but because I wanted so bad, I wanted again. You know what I mean? But once he opens it and starts opening the packs, my packs automatically increase in value. They, it's, it's a, I'm looking at it. I'm like, yep, ching ching, ching ching. There we go, ching. Oh yeah, perfect. And besides the fact that the prices that that the, they should have skyrocketed on the packs. Yeah, um, that 100. percent So, so in like a month, where do you think those booster boxes are going to be at? In a month, I would probably just to to give you more perspective. I I go more by Christmas because Christmas is is that time where you're going to see an uptick. How much of an uptick? I'm not sure because the thing is, boxes are going to continue to go up. I think by Christmas, it'll probably be around three, 350. Maybe, probably going through the 350 mark. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but because it's getting out of range for most of us, I mean, I at this point, I can't afford any of that anymore. I mean, I, I would have to sell my collection to get one. But, uh, just one. <laughs> yeah, just, no, maybe, maybe one that, that's dinged up. But the point is, now we have to start piggybacking on Jungle, Base and Unlimited. Even Shadowless is, 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 is high now. So, yeah. What that does is it creates more a buyer pool for the Unlimited. More buyer pool, bits up the prices. <clears throat> and now you're going to start seeing that Base Unlimited boxes, which already went up 100% in like a month. Are going to go up another probably 100 to 200 percent in the upcoming uh, couple of months. You know, I like that you say that because I had a conversation with someone who was looking at getting PSA eights, sevens, nines because that's what was in his price range, and he felt—I don't want to say he felt kind of bad about it, but that's like obviously everyone wants the ten, everyone wants the pristine, right? And the one thing that I told him is that if you have a valuable card like that. Even if it's a PSA 8, even if it's a PSA 9, let's say in the future you want to liquidate and let's say it's grown year over year in value, your card is more accessible to to more people because of the price point that it's at. So it'll be easier for you to liquidate versus that one listing by that guy that's got all those Charizards. He listed all those Charizards for like 2.5 million or something like that on eBay. I don't know if actually, if someone actually bought it, but that's such a high price point. Yeah, you well, probably now, find a buyer, but. Well, now he changed it. Now it's 8 million. <laughs> it's still there. Like it's still on eBay. It's no one still bought on eBay. it. Now it's much, much more. I feel like for those kinds of deals, I wouldn't even fuck with eBay. I feel like so when I've seen big deals happen, and I've not actually like physically seen it, but heard about big deals happen, for example, with Magic the Gathering, that that stuff doesn't happen on like eBay. That's like a person gets in touch with another person and it's like an art deal, you know, where they've got like a middleman that coordinates the deal and they don't ship it. They literally go to the person and pick it up or drop it off or whatever. And it's in like, you know, protection. So, so to me, okay, so you want to sell all of that for 8 million. Okay, cool. Like totally, you've got value there 100%. Um, I just don't see that deal going down on eBay. I don't know. I don't know. Well, the, well, the biggest thing is 
the biggest thing it has going for it is COVID-19, which obviously you're not going to expose yourself to doing personal trades. I mean, and I still have a lot of buddies that actually, they don't care. They're getting on the plane. They want the cards so bad. They'll, they're, they're going and they're getting the cards in the boxes. And I get it because in-person deals, you get a significant discount because 10% maybe of $100 isn't significant. But then 10% of $50, $100,000, it starts getting to that point where I might just take this risk and go do it in person. But with that said, I think the hobby is still, because of COVID, COVID is helping the hobby in the sense that we're with the kids at the house, with our families. We feel nostalgic. We're so bored. We just want to do our childhood things with our kids and with our brothers, siblings and stuff. But we still haven't tapped into what you just said. The in-person trades, the conventions, where in conventions and meetings and, and, and links up, and when you link up with people and have a get together for Pokemon or Magic the Gathering or Yu-Gi-Oh, etc., that's where a lot of the business go down, and a lot of the business that's off the top of the head, you know, just off off the nugget, right? you just do it on the spot. So you're gonna start seeing another influx of massive movements once. If something comes out, you know, any vaccination or anything comes out with COVID-19, but then you're going to start, it's, it's almost like COVID-19, and I hate to say it because it's, it's so bad, but it, it was this, it was a steroid to the Pokemon hobby. It 100% was. All of a sudden, March hit and just, boom. And then it kept on, it's just been getting higher each month. I think there was significant, like, I might be wrong on this, but I think there was also another significant increase in August. So, like, we've just been seeing these increases, increases. And I had another conversation with someone, and we were talking about whether or not we think that Pokemon is in a bubble right now. Uh, whether or not we're going to start seeing the price stabilize, and maybe this is the new normal for Pokemon, which I think maybe to some extent it will. I think, I don't know. I I'm curious to see your thoughts on that. Because... I don't know that it'll stabilize to like these high prices. And I guess we'll see come December um, if it continues to spike and then we see a drop afterwards or not. But I don't necessarily think it's a bubble. I mean, it's definitely hyped right now, but I don't necessarily think it's a bubble. But I don't necessarily think it'll retain all of its value. I don't think it'll crash, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'll tell you this. We literally, I remember your face, my face here, and we actually spoke about, in the example you said, I think it's going to be a bubble, and people are saying it's a bubble. We had this exact conversation before the spike. We thought it was going to, a lot of people, and, and if you look, go back to our to, to the to the one you did before and see my response that says, everybody keeps waiting for the dip, and it keeps spiking. And we look talked at, about that. And we, we spoke about this. Don't, no drop. It's not... I mean, at this point, it's it's more recognition than anything. The hobby is getting recognized now. You got Logan Paul. Now you're gonna have uh, you got uh off. Oh, what's his name? I forgot the rapper that got the Charizard. Uh, anyway, the name is coming off the top of my head now. But uh, he's the one who bought the Zard for I think what was it, two hundred and twenty something thousand dollars? I don't know. I don't know. But that sounds about right. If he got like first edition Shadowless. <laughs> Well, the the auction, the auction yesterday, he paid. Oh, the record. Uh yeah, like the record auction, right? Yeah, it was like two hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars for yeah. a base, a base, and, and we're not even talking. Imagine when a, when a Pikachu Illustrator hits the market, a PSA ten or a nine. 
Agreed. Uh, 100%. Um, the illustrator is going to be insane. Um, and it'll be really awesome. And, and we did talk about that. I, I remember that conversation. We said, you know, you, do you wait for the dip? Do you not wait for the dip to invest? I mean, I think if you have the money to invest, I say go ahead and do it. Maybe it'll see a little bit of a dip. But I, I was kind of I was looking at a Tesla stock the other day, and for a really long time Tesla was down here, down here, down here, down here, down here. And then all of a sudden it hits these huge spikes. But once it once these spikes keep on hitting, you know there was a little bit of dips, but it just kept on continuously growing, right? Probably similar to an Amazon stock. So I kind of think about Pokemon like those companies, um, in the sense that there's so much confidence. Like there's so much confidence in, uh, you know, Amazon. There's so much confidence in, uh, like, what other companies can I think of? There, there's a ton of confidence in those companies to perform well and to adapt. Um, I think Pokemon is similar in that sense when it comes to investors. Investors like them. They like to show them off. Um, and it's a pretty safe bet. Well, in my estimation, I don't, I, I wouldn't compare it to any company like that because it's unique. It's actually a collectible that has a significant reputation and it, it's the number one selling franchise right now. I mean, it, it sells, I don't know how many billion a year in, or it's sold in, in packs alone. So in that sense, this is the difference between a company like Tesla or a company like Amazon. It's completely dependent on the product that it puts out and its innovations. Although Pokemon does get hyped when something like Hidden Fates comes out and it helps, it's not completely dependent. If Hidden Fates would have never came out, the Pokemon stock, was, or quote-unquote stock, would have still continued to spike. It just probably would have been a little bit less or a little bit, you know, a little bit plateaued or stuff like that. But it, it, this this would have happened eventually. And, mm -hmm. and and that's besides the fact that there, is, there, there isn't a... Like with companies like that, you, you, you can hear people say, it doesn't have that that place where if the CEO says something that's politically incorrect, or it completely it is completely reliant on human error, and that aspect. I mean, Pikachu is not going to come out and say some crazy political stance. It's just going to say Pika Pika. You know what I mean? That's that, 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 that's what you can say. Yeah. So it doesn't have that that uh, how do you say it in English? I'm trying to. Uh, volatility that's that's how you say it yeah the volatility yeah the volatility i'm sorry of <laughs> actually spiking and coming back up so in that sense it's actually a safer it look I, this is how i see it. i see pokemon and not because i'm a complete geek with the with the pokemon hobby i just the demand is there now you're seeing external investors coming and this is what happened with baseball this is what happened with basketball this is what happened with every significant hobby Investors start coming in, celebrities start getting involved, and then it's just guy rockets. And it, eventually, the czar and stuff like that is going to get to that supreme level, and then we're going to we're probably going to do this this uh, podcast in in a couple of uh, a couple of months, and you're going to be like, oh my god, you can you know, oh my god, you you told me are from we in a bubble? Day. Are we in a bubble? <laughs> yeah, are, are we in the third bubble? <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. Well, you know what I will say though too, and and I guess from the perspective of doing the analogy with Amazon, you know, and how it compares possibly to to Pokemon, I guess what um, I guess what kind of what I meant with that too is I know that Amazon, for example, has a future, just like I know Pokemon has a future. I mean, we've seen 
we've seen the evidence. We've seen the behavior. Like what you were saying, same thing happened in baseball, same thing happened in basketball. Uh, we see the behavior and it happens again. History repeats itself, right? So I guess like if I had money to put into you know, the stock market, for example, I would buy Amazon regardless of the time, regardless if I thought it was high or regardless if I thought it was low, because I'm thinking about it from the long-term perspective. Like I know at some point I'm going to make some kind of value back. So I think, and, and right now I'm actually not investing. I'm being very conservative and that's, and, and I have a number of reasons why I'm being conservative right now, but, um, really just one reason, but, um, like, like what you were saying, it's a sure bet. I mean, it's going to it's gonna have the long-term return that you would expect. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if it would be crazy to say that you can expect it to grow every year. You know, may, maybe. But I mean, I think, I think you will make your initial investment back. Um, it's definitely what it seems like. I mean, I wasn't even really trying and it, it just grew like crazy. So I'm really glad I bought them when I did because... I didn't buy high. I actually bought low. But, you know, it's all in hindsight. Well, you thought hindsight. it was high. You thought it was a bubble. I or did. Not, you, we, no, I, not that you thought. You had people telling you that it's a bubble. Mm-hmm. If, I, if my recollection serves me. Um, you know, I can't remember exactly. I know we talked about it. Um, but, um, like, <sighs> I can't remember if I thought, you know, it's been a minute. I can't remember if I thought it was a bubble or not, specifically. But... I was trying to buy up cards, like cards within my price range that I could afford. So it's obviously not going to be like the Pikachus, obviously not going to be like the, you know, the the Charmanders. But but yeah, I mean, at the very least, I was going to start to just buy in. I was going to start just buy in. And and maybe at, at times it felt like they were high. I, I probably did feel that way. But I mean, you know, history, you know, time will tell. And, and I was wrong. <laughs> Long story short. How do you feel now? I feel happy that I bought them. <laughs> I feel super I happy bet. that I bought them. Um, you know, and I'm curious to know what you thought because what I did acquire as well that I don't know if you knew that I I got, but um, I know Watsy's like obviously super big. We love Watsy, but also I got one of these guys and I don't see oh, too yes. many of these on the market. And so I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on the originals. On the card ass. Yeah, the card ass originals pocket monsters. I think they, with everything that's Japanese related, I think it's not, it, it's, in my, all right, this is my opinion. I'm, I'm not telling anybody, drop your wallets in this specific Disclaimer, thing. we're just now, people. <laughs> with that said, I, I could show you my massive collection of Japanese that I've been pouring a lot of my personal money into. So I'm not just talking out of my, but you know what you, I mean? you have but, stake in this yeah yeah i like i think this is what happens the, there's two questions is is the spike going to continue at this uh, at this record pace obviously no it it'll probably plateau then it'll see another massive spike plateau the same thing that happened with magic of the gathering you saw plateau massive spike plateau massive massive spike and i think that's the same thing that's going to happen with pokemon i just think it's going to be to a more significant level because of the demand because of the popularity of the hobby, which is not to criticize any of the Magic of the Gathering, so please don't DM me cursing me out. <laughs> but the Pokemon fan base is humongous. It's, it's just, it's huge. It feels bigger. So this is what happens. You start getting 
to the guys and gals that want to show off who has the best and the more scarce thing. And then they become, uh, uh, they start getting to the niches. And the niches is, what's the historical aspect of the hobby? That's what I want now. I want Bandai. I want Cardass. I want PSA 10. I want the original No Rarities, which is the real first first edition. I w- and then you start getting to the scarcity and you start saying, wait. All right, the first edition English population report of a PSA 10's artist, 150. Let me just say 150. The population report of a first edition No Rarity, Zard, all together, not PSA 10, all together is like 65. So it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're seeing a significant scarcity issue. So when you start getting those hardcore collectors that start deviating to the histor- historical and the scarcity of the hobby, which happens in every hobby, that's why the baseball has the Holy Grails. because, And the Holy Grails are not the best, the, the most sought after uh, or the most reputable baseball players. They're not, you know, uh, Sammy Sosa. Roberto Clemente. They're, usually, they're just the card that just has a historical significance versus popularity itself. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, because like what you're saying, people want to get even more rare. They want to up it. What what else can we find that's hidden? And that's the key. It's hidden, like what you were saying, the gold Babe Ruth versus the silver. And I think that's what's going to happen with stuff like what you just showed me, the card ass and the and the Bandai. Because it's that's 1995, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure if the one you have. I have, I have 97. So I don't know if this is like the actual first printing. I don't know too much. So the, those specifically came out in 97. Some are 96, but some are 95, if I'm not mistaken. I think some of them were actually like the town map and stuff like that. I don't have some here. I, I have some, but not see. And that's the thing. I'm not just talking. I like I I put my money. Got it. I, I put the money where my mouth is. And I'm like the opposite way. So, do you have any sealed decks for uh, for Cardass or any of the original uh, Pocket Monsters? Do you have any sealed product? I did get this from one of my one of my friends. I'm going to show you. I've never even seen this before. These are wax Pokemon. Let me see if I can actually show you with this camera. I don't even know how my wife did this. You see this pack? And these are like, they're like scratch-offs. I didn't know that. That's cool. I didn't know that. I didn't even know that. So I'm like, oh my God. What is <laughs> but I do have, I don't have any decks, like no rarity decks, just because they're like $7,000 now. Just mm-hmm. for a deck. So I'm, I, I don't, I'm, I just not gonna, I just prefer to buy the, the, the slabs themselves. I need to I need to up that. I've been kind of looking at the prices. Um, I've been looking at, you know, just kind of what the market has been doing for those, because once I'm ready to like actually get back in and kind of invest and it's just been taking so much out of me um, to like stay disciplined and not buy in because there's so much hype right now. Like I want to buy in, but like I'm trying not to because well, I guess to give you a little bit of background, the reason why I've not been investing lately, um, pretty much ever since COVID started, I've gone completely conservative, completely the other way. So before I had a budget, I just stick to the budget. It was a good, healthy budget for me. And I just acquired a little bit at a time. Um, but then I went completely conservative, started saving all my money, started being really aggressive towards my student loans. So my goal is let me pay it off April, May next year. I'll have zero debt. Everything I've got is what I'll be worth. So, so I want to, I want to hopefully buy in at that time, which it still feels like I'm missing out on a lot of opportunity, 
But, I mean, I think it's probably the best decision for me at this point in time. But um, with that market, like, that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Because not because everyone right now is looking at Watsi. Everyone right now is looking at Modern. I want to look at the thing that not everyone is looking at. And that, again, like you said, it still holds you know, intrinsic value because it's one of the first. Even if, like, in the American market, uh, I think we had talked about this, Japanese cards don't seem to be very popular right now. Japanese versions of the first editions and stuff like that, they're, they're not as worth worth as much as the English versions, is, is what it seems. Let me know if I'm, like, um, you know, not seeing everything correct on that, but but um, you know, that's a really good opportunity for everyone trying to, you know, like you said, buy the unique thing because right now it's not popular, but that's when we're buying low. This is the time that you buy low, even though, you know, a starter deck is probably like $7,000, but get the whole set, <laughs> get the whole set, PSA 10s, PSA 9s, whatever you can get. I'm not seeing a lot of listings on it. I actually bought that one off of um, a collector on IG. so. You know, it's kind of hard to find, but... But I would actually say, and specifically the card you just showed me and things of that of that magnitude, I think that is the next thing. And I, I really don't like saying things like this because a lot of people are going to say, oh, he said it, let's go ahead and dip. So, so nothing is 100% guaranteed. But I think, though, I mean, that is that is where, look, everything that Japanese is the real language is... Japanese is not the foreign language. English is the foreign language, just in case. If you weren't and, aware. Yeah, see, if you aren't aware, because a lot of people's like, no, it's English. Oh, come on, relax. It's a Japanese product it, it originally. Mm -hmm. So with that said, I think that's what, look, look, the Pikachu Illustrator, the Pikachu number one, number two, number three trainers, they're Japanese. They're Japanese cards. So it it's eventually going to get to the point where people are going to say, look, I already have the English I already did. I already got my my goals. What's the next thing? Let me go to the historical Japanese. aspect. Japanese, which is the original, is the number one. And then you're gonna be you're gonna have your little slabs there. You're gonna be just, just chillaxing. <laughs> Student loans paid off, and you're gonna say, "All right, if you want it now, it's fifty thousand dollars." If you want, <laughs> I know, right? At that point, you have them all, and you decide what the market value is. Mm -hmm. If they want it, if not, then you're fine with that. And that's the biggest thing. Is it's not. Not all the time try to gravitate to what the hype is. Because it's kind of too late by then. It's a little it, too late. And if you're just doing it because it's hype, then I don't know what the hell you're doing. You just I, I don't I don't I don't understand. You're not really an, uh, an enthusiast. You should really think about. Look, what do I love? Is it too expensive? I just that's what I want. But if if you're not a first edition fan, Shadowless, which I don't know who isn't, but but let's say you're not. Then why why get it like the only spike I was completely completely oblivious to is the uh, the common cars rising to the dramatic price that they did. I knew they were gonna get there eventually, but not not this not in a three month span. That was that was mind boggling to me. What kind of jump are you talking? You know when when the Pikachu went from uh, let's say a PSA ten was like five hundred dollars or something like that. And then it goes to to well, a red cheek is is now like over seventy five hundred dollars for one Pikachu common card. It is an error, but it's not it's not a scarce card by any stretch of the imagination. I think there's still like two hundred and eighty or three hundred. 
300 of them in the world. PSA yeah. tens. And, you know, what's interesting about the misprints, that's just a really weird, like, segment of the market, too. They're just some very diehard, you know, misprint fans. They need all of them. Which I think is totally cool. Um, but I've seen whole Facebook groups just dedicated to only misprints. Only misprints. No, and um, they're, they're willing to go to extreme measures to get them. But there's, like, I'm, I have misprints, but the type of misprints I have is, like, things that, like, let me go ahead and show you them. So we are not. All right. This is, this is a Pikachu. It's called the Ghost Pikachu. Let me see if I can get it close. Oh, every time I try to show you, it's like it doesn't want you to see it. It's because you have that uh, virtual uh, desktop background, but it's all good. But here, it, it has it has a, a half a half of a first edition stamp. Oh, okay, yeah, I've seen that before. I don't know all like the names of the misprints, but I've seen them. Pikachu, honestly, that Pikachu has a lot of different misprints, um, which I find to be really interesting. But. Um, yeah, misprint the print misprint market is is very very cool. Like I remember the triangle. God, what was the triangle on? It was on the pack, right? Product. Yes, on the sealed product. Right, right. You have the triangle error. You have the cheeks. I'm trying to think of a few others, but yeah, you're right. You can't just get any misprint. It has to. I mean, because there's a ton of different kinds of misprints out there, but I think those special ones, like what you're saying, you know those um those pikachu stamps the cheeks um i'm surprised though that there's like 200 psa tents of what? i had no idea of the of the red cheeks is that was that right oh yeah, oh, yeah almost three. i think it's over 300 wow but that what does that tell you that it's the demand is extremely big because usually if you see a lebron james car you don't want to see 300 and something above you want to see two you know what i mean something like that so it's it, it speaks volumes as far as where the hobby. And remember, we have we haven't even touched on my brother, my small, my my siblings, which are which his generation is. Once he gets to the to the forty year mark and and starts getting to good money, and he has liquid funds, then he's going to start investing big in Pokemon. That generation, then the next generation, then the next generation. So the demand is going to keep duplicating, tri- uh, you know, tripling, quadrupling, and then the demand is just getting smaller and smaller. Because people like us that sometimes open sealed product, people definitely like Logan Paul that actually open a box. So the, 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 there's being a, there's a depletion of a product and then a supply and then an increase on demand. So what, the, what does that equal? Increase, a massive increase in price. 100%. 100%. And, you know, going back to what you said earlier about chasing hype, um, I really like that you said that. Uh, because A, I mean, I guess there's nothing wrong with being an opportunist, you know, whatever. You you see an opportunity, you're going to go in and you're going to take it, whatever. Like, you know, you collect how you collect, right? Like, the, the thing that I've always said is the number one rule of hobby collecting, whatever it is, regardless, buy what you love. The second rule is follow rule one. Because if you're going to focus on speculating... Because that's how I see it. That's how I see hype chasing. I see it as ultimately speculating. And it can be really risky, um, especially with the moderns, like what we were talking about earlier. It could be really, really risky. So do you want to have cards that you don't care about and is pretty much just paper and you've wasted money? Or do you want to have cards that you do maybe 
even like 50% care about, 50% to 100% care about. And if it doesn't pan out, at least you have a really, really awesome car that you love. Like, I think, I think have going the second, you know, the second situation is going to be the better one because you won at the purchase because you bought something that you love. So and I'm I really glad. I, I agree with that, with that point of view completely. But some people, I get some, I don't, I don't hate anybody for the game. Look, if you're here to make some money, go ahead, do your thing. If you're a flipper, do your flipping. Eventually, a lot of people hate them, but a lot of collectors, true, true collectors hate them. The way I see it is, it's still beneficial to the hobby. I mean, in the long run, it just helps. Because a lot of people are like, oh my God, now I can't buy my car. Because this a-hole just made the market, these you know, just made the, the market just completely go bonkers. But then they're they're okay with their triflotion going up 10%. You know, I mean, or, or 10 times. And so, there, a lot, have you noticed that, that a lot of people hate that, other cars are selling extremely expensive, but then they have theirs at a significant premium. And they're so why don't if you want that Charizard to still be fifty k, then why don't you value your collections the way they were valued two years ago? But they don't want to do that, obviously. One hundred percent. You know that's really funny because earlier this year, I don't know, maybe March, April, um, I'm on a baseball Facebook group, and this guy posted on there. And he had um, a picture of like, I don't know, 20 packs, boxes of uh, Bowman cards, 2020 Bowman baseball cards. Right now, uh, baseball for the year for 2020 for this season, it's just been so crazy because it's like the COVID season. So you can't find it anywhere right now. So those boxes, I think he either bought them for 20 or 40 bucks and was just flipping them double. Pretty much. So what he was doing is he was going in there and he was saying, hey, um, you know, I'm normally a part of the sneaker community. I've sold sneakers. I have, you know, verified uh, buyers that can vouch for me here. I have all of these boxes of Bowman's 2020s who wants them. Right. And and he got so much hate for that because they were so mad. And these these are like the really old school guys, I think, that have been in it for a really, really long time and probably fit probably fit the personality type of what you were talking about with the um you know, their the valuing of their um of their collection. But but these guys just went so hard on this guy. And and I can understand because if you're like someone just going to Target, trying to like get your packs, get get whatever you want, and and the shelf, you know, is clean because someone came through and bought that stuff, you know, that sucks. Um that that really does suck if you just enjoy the hobby. But at the same time, like you can't stop people. <laughs> you know, so why get why get mad? Yeah, they're putting themselves in the middle of the um in the middle of a transaction, right? I mean, they're just being a middleman. They're just they're just in the middle of it. And so, like what you were saying before, I, I agree with you. You know, I, I don't hate people that do that. Is it kind of annoying if it's something that I want? Yeah, but I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? That there, there's nothing you can do. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna put uh, buying limits, right? Target is never gonna put buying limits on like. Bowman's or whatever, you know, like any 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 pack like that. Um, they, 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 they just want their ball, the bottom dollar, the bottom line, which is making money. Exactly. The printers are the same way. The distributors, the printers, they want that money too. They're not going to put they're not going to put um, gaps on that, um, you know, limits on that. Um, I mean, the secondary market has always been kind of crazy for that, and and um, 
you know, honestly, one thing I do wish they did, I wish they printed just a little bit less, just a little bit less, because baseball deals with the same thing as with Pokemon, where it's just a shit ton of printing, like in the 90s. I don't know if you remember baseball in the 90s. I don't know if you collected back then, but I mean, it's just like printing galore, comic books printed to oblivion. And then so nothing is valuable, (laughs) but... But I really wish, um, and you know, I don't know how you manage these relationships, I guess, but the relationship between the brand slash printer, you know, whomever is making the initial money and, and the secondary market. Cause I know, for example, Supremes, they, they don't like the secondary market at all from what I watched. They, they don't like the secondary market, um, but I feel like the secondary market has made them big because of that demand. Then like the primary market increased in demand because all of a sudden everyone sees all this movement in the secondary. Everyone wants this stuff. Like, And I, I don't know how you balance it. I don't know how you balance that scarcity with also making the profit on the front end, but it'd be we'd be so much better for it. But I'll tell you the truth, because I, I do this collecting with my daughter all the time. And, uh, I mean, when I went to buy Champions Paths, I mean, there's nothing, in the, there's nothing in the shelves. And it gets annoying because I want my daughter to open some packs, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it tells you, like, it tells you about how much in demand the Pokemon hobby is still till this day. I mean, there's a lot of people that hate modern. I mean, you'll be surprised about the sheer amount of hardcore collectors that do not touch modern. I like, I don't touch modern. I I, I don't hate it, but I don't, I, I, I got a, a ton of champions paths and hidden, hidden fates and hidden legends, but I do that more because of my daughter, you know, because daddy daughter time, you know what I mean? But aside from that, I mean, I don't, I, I just don't touch it, but it tells you that the, remember my daughter, my daughter is eight years old. This is what's going to happen. Like her school has a Pokemon club. So when, when those kids are 30 years of age, they're going to want to collect what? The Watsy. Cause they're already going to, I mean, they're going to have the hidden fades. They're going to have all that stuff. That's going to be the low hanging fruit. But when they get to good money, they're going to be like, Oh, now I'm a millionaire. I'm, I'm, doing good for myself now i want the cream of the crop and i want uh i, I want to go ahead and 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 get some some watsy and that that tells you that even the investment that you made those psa 10s that you bought even in 30 years from now are still going to be extremely more valuable than they are now so the best thing you could do if you have collections like that put them away and just don't look at them don't look at the market go up plateau up plateau. don't look at any of that just forget about it and because and, we know till this day when you go to a Target, when you go to a Walmart, and the freaking shelves are completely wiped clean, and and, and hidden fates, like you can't find hidden fates either. So that tells you a hidden fates is being like none, I, and I get it that nothing is selling at MSRP anymore, but that even tells you even more about how much people are willing to go out and spend for modern, let alone what they're gonna eventually look. Any hardcore, any in any hobby, hardcore collectors end up saying, look, I don't want the T.Y. Cobb or the Ty Cobb. I don't want that. But when they start collecting and, they're, and they get all their normal stuff, right, then they're going to be like, all right, now I want the big dog. Now, now, now I really want to get these. Big money. And, the, and, and, then, and then they get to the big money, get more bidders, then that, the Ty Cobb goes up, 
it's it's a domino effect or or, or a snowball effect that goes into the market. And I think, like honestly, like look at your cards. Like, I, how much do your cards go up? Like six, like six times, something like that. Um, I want to say, let me see. Um, so I've got a Machop, right? Uh, let me grab this guy. Gra- got a Machop. Cost me like fifty-eight bucks with tax. Okay. This is now what going like something like three hundred. So math comes out to around six x. Something like that. You know, actually, it was really funny. I was looking at this guy. I don't know if you remember this guy. I won this one in a giveaway that you did. This one at the time of your giveaway was worth 20 bucks. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, I got a cool, cute little shiny Mewtwo. This card, I think, is going for like 40, 45, something like that. So I'm like, oh, (laughs) nice. Thank you. (laughs) You pretty much handed me 50 bucks. So I appreciate that. And you st- and you keep them and just wait and and because remember also PSA is also getting more and more expensive so that that's another thing like anything that that I see on eBay and I oh, I'm gonna say this I'm I'm gonna say this and people are gonna <laughs> steal my tricks anything that I see like twenty five dollars that that's in a PSA ten slab just buy it to get it graded alone and just to maybe get a PSA nine or ten you're already getting it at a ten at twenty bucks twenty five just buy the thing I mean. T- the process alone is worth the hat. It's worth the money. So hopefully you guys listen to me and and buy everything that I'm not interested in. But with things like that, I'm, I you know I buy anything because it's it's like getting something graded is what twelve dollars mailing it out the insurance or eight dollars mailing it out the insurance and then it takes like six months. I got things in PSA that are still there. It's been like five months already. Yeah, they've been really like. Okay, so they've not been struggling in the sense of like finding customers, but they've been backed up because of, I guess, COVID. Um, but they were, they already took a long time. Like from the cards that I got graded, um, I don't know if you, I don't know if I had them graded at the time, but um, since we last talked, but I had a whole bunch of these Panini cards, these Fortnite, these Fortnite cards. Um, these were kind of like some exclusives that you could get in like a $60 bundle that came with uh, a few things. And so that's the only way that you could get this stack of cards. So when I sent this in last year in maybe October, it took it took like close to, to you know, two, four months to get them in. And that was pre-COVID. So they were already behind. But um, from what I've been hearing and honestly i've always gone through a middle person like um except for the first time that i got something graded um i was always going through a middle person and and so to be honest i can't remember what i spent um but i heard recently that psa is starting to increase their prices uh with pokemon kind of like how they do with baseball cards and um it's been a while since i've seen their structure but like if you have a ten thousand dollar card they charge you based on a percentage of that value and they know it's valuable. Like they, they know they're the authenticators. So, yep. so I heard that they're going to be doing the same thing with Pokemon, but I don't know if you've heard and can confirm that. So yeah, they're trying to actually basically do the same process. I know it's already like, I have cards that I don't know what I'm going to be charged yet. I, I don't know. Like I got a, I got a first edition cards over there that if there are nine, all right, I could get, it's going to cost, a percentage of three thousand dollars, but if it's a if it's a ten, then oh my god! Like yes, I'm happy, but it's gonna it's gonna hurt in the in the in the wallet. 
so it, it basically they're just they're doing that <clears throat> or trying to go off of that do the same thing with Paul. and I don't blame them because remember they got it they actually insure it so if anything happens to the car while they have it they actually put a specific they get a specific or they back you usually they they try to give you like vouchers or something like that really? but with higher but with higher end things I think I'm not sure if because I I don't grade myself I always send it with third parties people that. Have, I'm always uh, every every month. I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I'm sick of wait. I'm, I'm just gonna express it, and then I'm like, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to mess this up. I'm gonna send the card, and I got like, ah. Oh. Either way, I can't show you because of the screen. But I got so many things that I gotta get slabbed. I already got about 150 that are pending, and it's just, it's look. It's at this point, a lot of people are saying, look, everything is backlogged. Backlog in PSA when it comes out, everything is going to sky is going is going to plateau because there's going to be a lot of supply. But if you look at the the pop reports at PSA with the slaps, the, everything they're going up three in the last four months. Pop three, you know, pop ten went up three, two, one, zero. So it's not that significant. I mean, especially now that they're grading extremely harsher. I think it's more that people are seeing the sky the skyrocket in the price. So before they wouldn't send anything that they think that they thought would get a seven or a six or a five or a four or a three. Now they don't care because prices have soared so significantly. They're just sending everything. And that's what's creating the backlog. Yeah, for sure. And it kind of makes me feel like a little mixed on it because A, I don't want my cards to be away for that long. But then B, I kind of potentially secured a cheaper price if if they really do get higher like you say which i mean honestly like there's still gonna be the demand you know it is what it is like a company's gonna do it i'm not mad at them collectors make so much money off of psa because of that brand because of that grading like i have no problem with it i mean it sucks because you have to pay more but it is what it is like like you don't complain about it it's just whatever but i'm curious to know what your thoughts are on something and i'm thinking i may I go back and forth on this. So these Fortnite cards that I was telling you about, some of these guys are one of one PSA 10s, which is awesome. And obviously that is going to change in the future. So there's going to be more population. There's going to be more, uh, there's going to be less scarcity. So I'm curious from your perspective, if you're in my shoes, would you go ahead and try just to put, put a price out there and liquidate? Or do you hold on to them? At this point, uh, a lot of things are, are are being collected or being slabbed and 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 bought because of Pokemon and because of Magic of the Gathering. And some people are saying, "Look, because they're being preserved and they're being collected at at their at their at their infants infancia uh, in the infancy." Then it's not it's not going to mature and get that 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 really collectible vintage, top of the market price, but because all this Magic of the Gathering and Pokemon hype will somewhat trickle down to Yu Gi Oh and Fortnite and things like that, Dragon Ball Super, you're going to start seeing that that those like Dragon Ball Super is is a perfect example. I was I was, I was going to buy the box that I think was like a hundred and twenty dollars. And I love Dragon Ball Super. I mean, I was raised with that. I, I'm a super. I'm a Dragon Ball fan, per se. And I was like, I'm not gonna buy this because I, 
I don't know enough about it. I'm just strict stick with Pokemon and and do what I know. But if I would have gone with what I loved, I would have probably bought cases of them. And they're like six hundred dollars now. I don't, I don't know each box. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. And I do think it's going to be the same thing with that. You know, Fortnite is one of the most played games, <laughs> especially, and they're and they're not played like for twenty minutes or ten minutes. They're like really hardcore played. So, I do think it's going to have a a a, a, a market. It's it's basically it's going to be like a, a big pie. Like before, Magic of the Gathering had the significant amount of the peaks of the of the pie. Now Pokemon is getting a big chunk of it. Yu Gi Oh is getting a chunk of it. Fortnite is getting a chunk of it. Dragon Ball Super is getting it, and it starts is going to keep going like that. So it's a matter of everything. Is, the good thing that you have going for it is the pop. So scarcity is always going to be a big a big identifier in in where the the value of the product is going to be moving forward. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And and I really like your insight on that because uh, for a moment, because I was getting offers on Instagram for like a few hundred bucks here or there, and it still felt like real lowballs, but I don't have, like, I don't have data. There's no data. <laughs> there's, there's no data on this. And so I really love and hate these situations, but hate a little bit more only because like, I like numbers. I like making like factual decisions on this you know it, from this perspective like i like to see okay it the last time this sold was this much i'll ask for this much maybe put in a best offer see if i can get a little more than the price was before and then there we go like that's it my decision making is over by that point um but with these guys it's really really hard to value because no one has bought them at least in this graded psa condition so my thought was I started to get this really big emotional response, right? I was starting to feel FOMO and I was starting to also feel some anxiety. I'm like, ah, in this situation, I, I can't make a decision. Like, I I'm not going to do anything um, just because like that's kind of where you make the bad decisions. So what in my head, what I thought was like, okay, if I should have sold now, hypothetically speaking, like let's say selling now was the way to go. I made money, right? Um, but if I don't sell now, it might possibly be worth more, A, but then B, even if it's not, and even if I've lost, I've still got some cool cards. Exactly. Going back to what we were saying at the end of the day, I got some cool cards. And on top of that, honestly, right now, I, I don't really have, I mean, yeah, I'd probably take that money and reinvest it into Pokemon. That that's probably what I would do. But since I'm not even sure what I would do with that money, like right now, like what specifically I would invest in other than pocket monsters, I decided let me just let me just keep the cash tied up. Let me just let me just keep it tied up. It's not gonna hurt me. It's not gonna hurt. So And the way I see it is like that's why because I literally I could sell twenty thousand dollars worth of stuff right now. Like talking to you right now I, my phone is ringing let's say i look and I, oh my god i sold twenty five thousand dollars worth before i go to sleep tonight i'll waste the money i'll spend it that's exactly that's exactly my point i'm like okay let's say i i put an insane price let's say i sell it for five thousand dollars listing listed for five thousand i get a buyer i i'm also i don't trust myself I buy it on stupid shit 
But I think I the way I see it is I don't want to have cash because cash depreciates. And the way I'm seeing Pokemon, in, in my estimation, I don't see it depreciated. Look, and let's get let's get into like that's a really what, good point. Let, let, let's let's look at especially with the stimulus and everything that we're printing money, so the the dollars actually is losing. But besides that, let's say the market dips. It takes us a small. Let's say it takes a significant dip. I I don't see us. This is why I don't see a significant dip because there's people. Top big whales that are just waiting for a fifteen percent dip or something like that to just buy out everything, and that includes. I'm not a whale by any stretch of the imagination, but there's a lot of things that if I I know that went down twenty percent or something like that, man, I'll I'll do anything. I mean, I'll, I'll there goes the two the four hundred one k. All right, there goes a refi on the house. I mean, it, it's just so. What happens is even if the the market dips i know so many investors that won't allow it to actually dip it, it just won't happen they're just waiting how many people do you know that tell you like oh yeah let's, i'm just waiting for for the bubble to pop and i'm gonna buy they're telling you that they're not gonna allow the bubble to pop, the bubble to pop because they're gonna be waiting to actually support the, the 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 amount so it's never gonna take a significant dip so thanks thanks to everybody thanks to me also because i'm we're just making sure the hobby sustains sustains itself for decades, decades and decades to come. You know, I, I can definitely agree with you on that, like continuing the hobby. And um, of course, like I, I would definitely not want it to dip at all. But I think those are really good points. And and you throw out a number like 20,000, 25,000. I want to ask how much your, val- your your collection is worth, but I also don't because... I, you know, protection, <laughs> protection and, and, and privacy on that. But with your most valuable items, do you keep that? You said you keep that in a vault. Like, are we talking about a, ba- a bank vault, like a security box or, or like, how do you secure your most prized? Well, I have like, like a, like a bot, like a vault, like a little vault because I have multiple homes. So I just keep it in, in, a, in a home that I barely use and stuff like that. It's all gated community. So like, I don't keep it in my primary res- residence itself. So that, I mean, I got a, a ton of stuff here. It's just not stuff that that is anything significantly valuable. Well, it depends what you say significantly valued. But probably in this little case alone, I have, I have quite, yeah, quite, quite some nice stuff. But I don't, this is like the ones I take out and, Show some of the friends, and then they go to the vault. But because that's this is the thing. Like literally, when I tell you that, I once I get money in, it's money that goes out before the night is before sunlight comes out. It literally that's what happens. Like sometimes I wake up like at three in the clock in the morning because I'm dreaming that I'm on eBay buying stuff, and I, and, I, and I wake up, make myself a coffee, and and just all right, just how hit much the market. Money, yeah, how how much money is still in PayPal? I can't, and then I tell my wife. I can't leave the money in PayPal because, you know, scammers might be able to go ahead and steal it. So, you know, you justify in your brain how to go go around and spend You just want to buy it. You just want to buy the stuff. Oh, it's so much fun. Such a rush when you're like, you get the car that you want. Maybe it was a good deal. Maybe it wasn't. Who cares? You bought a car that you wanted. Something you wanted. Doesn't matter. And this is another thing. Let me go ahead and show you. When I tell you that Japanese... 
So I did show you the no rarity symbol. That's a Japanese card. Ivy Pikachu, the first edition Pikachu, glossy. Ah. Japanese PSA 10. Korokoro, glossy, flying Pikachu. Oh, that's the, that's the cute little one with the um, uh, with the balloons, right? With the balloons, yeah. The balloon yeah. Pikachu or flying Pikachu. So and, cute. And, well, this is the Koro. So there's a lot of reproductions of this. There's the 20th anniversary, Black Stars. But this is the original first Here? one. Here? This is 1997. Okay. So let me show you here. So, uh, so when I tell you that I invest in Japanese, Porygon, Fan Club, PSA 10. Mm. Uh, let me see. Another Flying Pikachu, PSA 10. Do you have Do you have the um, the entire set of the original 97 uh, Cardass? No. No? I got it. Uh, well, now we said it. So I, I, I'm actually trying to get. I'm I'm trying to see if anybody wants to do a trade for something that has the whole set because it's so hard to individually get them. And I want them at PSA ten. So, but at this point, I don't even know if, if to get nines because I've been so focused on tens. I've slept on nines and nines I've seen significantly, significantly more, more gains than tens because ten goes up. 100, 200%. Nines have gone up six times, seven times. So I'm like, oh, maybe I should get some nines. Yeah, get like me. Get 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 my nine. I'm just saying. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep this nine. I'm going to keep it. Um, Gosh, okay. You know, it, it's it's talk like these where I'm like, um, you know, maybe instead of the student loan payment that I wanted to make, uh, because right now we don't have to make any. Maybe I'll just buy a whole bunch of Pokemon. And you're really, you're really tempting me right now. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but if I buy anything, I'll, I'll definitely have to let you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Going back to what we were talking about with the, with the like originals, uh, the Japanese cards. Um, I remember when I first found out about the Illustrator. Pokemon Illustrator. I think they said they printed like 30. I can't Is that? I can't remember the exact count. Like a crazy, it's, it's crazy, a crazy low. Number. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy low. low. Yeah. And, and I'm not even seeing that on the market, obviously, right? Because it's like a subset of specific people. Um, I can't remember the story. It was like people who worked with Pokemon or some group worked at Pokemon and they, they went to an event and that card was given to those people at that event, right? Something something like that. No, the Pokemon, well, the, there's the prize cards and stuff like that. So those are trophy cards. They're actually one. One of one? one? No, no, they're one. Like, they won them. Oh, gotcha. So they sent in an illustration, and then they got, like, a card back. That's what, well, that's what it was. It's, it's like, it's well, there's the Pikachu Illustrator, which is that one. And then you got the trophy one, trophy two. There's ah. the, and there's the super, there's the mega battle, tropical battle. There's a lot of different events, but basically, I mean, the Pikachu. When you say Illustrator, everybody knows. Oh yeah, that's criminal crime. That's that, that's the top of the that's top of the hobby right there. And uh, I think, given that it's Japanese, it should give you some insight as okay, if the best card in the hobby is Japanese. You're not just gonna want one Japanese card from 19. I, don't know, I think it's 1998. 
I think it's, I might be mistaken on the year. But you don't just want one Japanese car. Now you, all right, so now let me get some no rarities. Let me get some Karnas. Let me get some Bandai. Let me, and before you know it, your, your PSA 9 is worth seven times what you bought it for. You're not wrong. I mean, I mean, you're really not wrong. We're giving away all the secrets. <laughs> it's like so many secrets today. Um, I, I think it's funny how, you know, with the advent of like social media and stuff like that, you know, you can make like normal people, not just whales in the stock market, can make waves on the market itself based on like what you say or what you do. You know, like those waves that all of a sudden liquidate however many, you know, amounts of stocks for whatever company and that there's you see huge like market fluctuations just on that one action and then we hop on a podcast some random ass people that just collect for fun and invest and and you know we might say something that all of a sudden causes this like trend i'd be curious to see once this comes out (laughs) what happens but and and honestly the a lot of people like one once they start hearing things about the hobby they're really sure i mean the amount of people that DM me that tell me, what do you think I should do? It is it is time consuming as hell because I have to it's not I have to answer their questions. It's that they'll say like, uh, what do you think of my cards? And I'm I love talking to people because no one in my house speaks Pokemon, so it's like time for me to filter all the information that I have in my brain. Just so give Dulce like five years. Yeah, so so what I do is I'll tell them like, look, I think you get this card is worth it. This card is not worth it. Get these graded. Do not get these graded. And then like, uh, they'll be like, what do you think I should invest in? All right, that's another question. And I'll say I I don't give advice on investment, but if you're looking at look at scarcity, there's this this and that. And then they'll say, but why? And because of this. And then because you know first edition is the creme of the creme, and it's always going to be valuable. Uh, but but why? And then you're like. Because the amount of product it was actually printed is limited, and is so it was sort of the coast doesn't exist anymore. Blah 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 blah. Okay, you, oh, you sure? But because, but why again? Because I don't. It's like, <laughs> but why? But why? But why? You're like, oh my god! It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So at, at that point, I'm like, look, I I can't because I hate telling people exactly what to invest in because not everything is guaranteed. So. Everything I've invested, well, knock on wood. Everything that I've invested in has has played dividends. I think the the thing, honestly, the thing that has least gone up is the Japanese no rarities. The no rarities is the thing that least gone up, and is the thing that I feel more most confident about. Mm. Tell me if that makes any sense. Not at all, but because it hasn't gained momentum, <laughs> is that I feel so confident about it. Yeah, it's it's like what we talked about. Um, we speculate that it's going to be a diamond in a rough, a hidden gem, a hidden gem that's going to spike. And at least the good thing that makes me feel a little bit more confident with what we're talking about, even though obviously anything can happen, is, you know, we've seen this happen before. Behavior like this happened before. So it's just, you know, a repeating cycle. And I guess one thing I kind of want to... uh I want to kind of, uh, you know, get into because we're talking about trends and we're talking about values and we're talking about, you know, what has a card been worth over time? I have technically sort of started planning that program that I talked to you about before, where 
Um, it actually grabs sales data and charts the sales data on a graph by days. And so you should be able to select timeframes and see actual, okay, this is how many transactions happened on this day um, and then trended over time. So that literally you see those cards or that one card, for example, in a trend line like a stock. I'm really looking, I've been looking at um, stock apps just to kind of see what kind of things they put in there and what they don't put in there. Because that's kind of what I want to do. I want to pull actual sales data and chart that so we can see that. And oh my God. I know, I know. So, and, and we talked about this and you're like, yes, we need that. And, and before I could get to this project, I had to do some things first. So the first thing that I had to do, and I've been like really quiet for a while now because, um, I've been focused on like building my skill, my development skill. I did for work. I do a certain specific kind of investing and art investing development. And so now I'm kind of like expanding that skill so I can actually build these tools. So the first tool that I wanted to put on my calendar to build was that it's like a cute little baby tool. It's a profit calculator. So on eBay, if you want to sell something and you're not sure if you'll be able to sell it based on, you know, the sold listings that you see and how much you got it for, you know, whether or not you'll make money, I have that. So that's been really awesome and really fun. I've been sort of like posting about it. But now that I've, yeah, now that I've gotten that, profit calculator out of the way. So, you know, eBay sellers can use what it is for right now. I'm going to turn that into an actual like Android and iOS app at some point, because I think there's some other functionalities that would be really cool. Like, like save the calculations and then create like a listing to eBay, I think would be really cool. Um, but so as I work on that, um, simultaneously, I'm also going to work on building that trend, like that stock. Oh my god, Pokemon stock. Yeah, if, you, if you're able to pull that off, I mean, first of all, you're going to be you're going to be making a lot of money, first, so that's going to be a good thing. But I mean, you know, a lot of people are investing in Pokemon. There's significantly a ton of investors every month that are coming into the hobby. I'm not talking about collectors. I'm talking about just investors. So on that alone, and everybody, even collectors, they want to know. They they just want to know. So if you could just get on, if I could just get on my phone, it's just let me go ahead, pull this up real quick. Oh my god, look, my gold star went went up three uh, uh, x. Bingo. Uh, should I should I sell? It's almost like looking at uh, it's looking at the John Doe or something like that. You can, that that's basically what you want to do it, but in a, it's basically giving you a and and, it, and you can so see like a ROI on on. On exactly how much you want, and you could actually. Oh my god! If you could put, I'm sorry, I'm imagining this. I'm thinking <laughs> just you let can actually talk. put sell at like like I'll sell. Give put a reminder to sell this gold star once it hits four X. Exactly. Oh my god, that'll exactly. be perfect. Exactly. Exactly. Market alerts, and then so if I tie that to the profit calculator, like if you saved, um, like like let's say. So you know the cost that you spent on the item, whatever. Let's say it costs you 50 bucks to get it. And let's say you want to have an alert when the market for actual sales gets to 75, right? Let's just say that's when you want to liquidate. Um, like tie that to the calculator. So like a, like a, 
like a previous calculation that you've made and then boop, 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 just like send that over to eBay, create the listing, put your descriptions, do all the things from the app. So like I want to tie either maybe ultimately put it into one program. I'm still like exploring the technology and the uh, functionality to see what might be the best way to go about it. And that just takes a little bit of time to figure out. But, but, but regardless of whether or not, um, you know, they're fused into one, I want to have some kind of linkage between the two. So, so if you have like, if, 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 uh, um, and I haven't figured out like what would be considered premium features or not, but like, let's say you have premium features in one, maybe one additional feature like for that stock trend app would be, oh, you can also link it to your account for the profit calculator and it'll create a listing for you. So oh like you God. set it up, you set it up, you save it. You're like, I want to sell at this price. Does the thing. It just does, does the it thing. for you. I mean, that'll be, you know how many people? You know how many Pokemon you look at look, just go to eBay and put uh and put Pokemon, put how sold and by date, and go off today alone. Just try to go off today alone. It's so many transactions being sold on a daily basis. It's hard to ridiculous. Keep up with. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard insane. to keep up with. So you definitely need an algorithm or something that can put it all this for you in the app. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it might not even be an algorithm. I just so I'm not sure, like it, it might come to that, but, but essentially what I wanted to do is like I said, you know, go day by day, grab data day by day. And let's say, let's say you have five transactions for yesterday on a Pikachu with red cheeks, right? Um, what it'll do is on the graph for that one day, it'll charge, it'll show you the average between all of those transactions, but then show you like the high and then show you like the low. So you can kind of see the window. Um, and then just multiply that. Like if you wanted to look at the last 30 days, it'll grab each day separately and then chart those. And then you'll see 30 days worth of data and it'll be that minuscule where you'll see the average and then you'll see like the window of the high and the low of the actual sales of that day. So I don't think that'll be an algorithm. It's just like going into um, like, I don't know how much you know about development, but just going into an API and just grabbing data. Literally, that's what I do in my day job. Actually, normally I just go in there and I grab data. So, so just taking that same concept because I don't use an algorithm for that. It's just straight, just data manipulation. Um, I want to do it for eBay first and then get that going and then try to incorporate other marketplaces so that I could start like, okay, so eBay, there were five transactions and then TCG player had another 10 transactions. So then averaging those sales prices together with all of those and then just doing the same thing. So, that's what I'm gonna do, and and I'm gonna have something. I'm gonna have something. Um, but That'll yeah, be, I mean, if you do that, I know, well, you know that there's gonna be a lot of people lining up to use it. So I'm gonna be one of the first ones to actually get it. Um, yeah, if you want, I can totally get you set up as a beta tester, just for Absolutely. just for you know feedback ideas. No, and I'm uh, trust me, I do so many sales and I do so many purchases. I, I can literally give you a ton of things, like, you know, things that I need that I got to do manually and it becomes such a headache, like so time consuming. Like mm -hmm. most of the, most of the hobbies actually doing research. Everybody thinks that the, the, this is literally like 
like somebody that's working on cryptocurrency. It's almost like that. It's almost like that type of research, <laughs> but just doing it on. And I'm talking about Watsi alone because I don't branch out. Because if I started to branch out, like I do have like in the back here, I don't. You're not able to see it, but I have about fifty booster packs of gold star packs that potential gold stars. Uh, I don't know if I've heard of those. Uh, you know, like that- AX is that's like 2007, 2008. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Like yeah. EX un- Unseen Forces, Power Keepers, mm-hmm. Deoxys, uh, Delta Species. There's a, there's a ton of words. All the All gold those. star cars come from. Mm-hmm. And that's as that's as modern as I go. I go to about 2008, and that's it. That's that's really funny. That's probably the least, like, if there's a section of modern that I know and I don't know, that is the section that I definitely don't know. But, I mean, it sounds pretty nice. I mean, what are those values right now? Oh would, you, would you liquidate right now? No. I just bought, a, I just made a, but I did it for my daughter. Oh. She's a huge gold star. Like, the, gold stars are like the secret rares of the, I'm trying to, it's, it's a card that has like a gold, literally a gold star mm-hmm. on the card. And uh, there's some that have one on a box. Some don't have one on the box. Some have two on the box. So mm-hmm. they're extremely rare to get. And because it was on the decline of, of Pokemon population, because it was when it was transitioning to Nintendo, mm-hmm. like the, the, the packs have extremely, you know, they're extremely scarce and they're hard to come by. And uh, I think, well, as you can see, I have, I've invested significantly into it so i see i see it has a lot of potential moving forward so if anybody's interested i'm not selling so that should give you an insight as what i recommend hey well that sounds like a plan and i'm sure and i'm sure she's happy too to get the gold no, she, just wants to, she just wants to open them all that's the problem <laughs> it's too much money are you at least letting her open one like just one? No, no, oh yeah she's open I don't even want to tell you how much money she has opened this year alone, so it's kind of oh, embarrassing. Oh man! Well, that's so cute, though. That that'll those will be really good memories for her. Yep, absolutely. She grows up, and then, like I said, five years from now, you guys are gonna nerd out. You guys are gonna nerd out hardcore. I picture you with like the five and six monitors or whatever, and you're just you know stock stockbroking like <laughs> Pokemon. That that's what I picture. So I'm yep. I'm gonna make that happen for you for the software, and we'll see how it goes. That'll be epic. Mm-hmm. It will. Well, um, anyways, like, God, this has been such a good talk. I really appreciate you having on, having you on, because we always have really damn good conversations. And then so three months from now, I'll ask you the same question. Are we in a bubble? And we'll, and we'll laugh. <laughs> and we'll laugh about it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, I guess, do you want to let everyone know where we could find you? Uh, you can find me at Dulce Pokemon at IG. That's where I do all my stuff. I'm sometimes on Facebook, but I, the majority of things are done at IG. If you need any information or just have a friendly talk, I'm always, I try to be as humble as possible with, uh, with people in the hobby as everybody, you know, everybody in the hobbies, the, the 99.9% of them are extremely humble people. They're really, it's just, you know, geeks like we are. Geeks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Well, anyways, I appreciate you being on again and take care. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Take it easy. Take it easy, bro.